Hi! Welcome to the very first episode of the Real Chair Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Mission for Mobility. I'm Jada, your lovely host for this podcast, and I'm so excited for you guys to be able to come on this wonderful wild ride with us. Now, before we begin today's episode, two main things. The first is that this podcast series is going to be a limited one, meaning that we're not going to come out with episodes like every other week, but we're going to have a limited amount of episodes to ensure that you guys dive deep into the topics that we're going to present to you today and for you guys to truly enjoy the real chair. Another thing um, is that to for you to make sure to follow us on Spotify as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok, both at Mission for Mobility. This would indicate to us that you guys love our podcast and that you guys have the opportunity to really get involved with our podcast episodes moving forward. With that in mind, we hope you enjoyed our first ever episode. Let's get real. Hi, hi. Welcome to The Real Chair. I'm Jada, if I already didn't introduce myself in the introduction, and I'm so excited for you all to be here today. In today's podcast, I think the title is self-evident. It's called Growing Up with a Disability, but more specifically, what we're going to look at today is exactly why I created Mission for Mobility as a podcast, three transformative experiences that I've had, and questions you all had on the um, that you inputted on our Instagram. You know... Before I started um, filming this, I was thinking the traditional podcast, um, I guess, style is you have a host and a guest and you have a conversation. But I wanted to start off this episode with a conversation from me me to you. I want to sit down and get real with you guys because... I want the foundations of why I'm doing this to be clear, and I really want you guys to get to know me before, you know, it's just for funsies, just for fun. So here's, um, yeah, here's kind of the lowdown, the the outline of how everything came to be. So I'm a current junior in Lockingham High School. If you go to LCHS, shout out to you. That's basically a really small town in California, or Southern California. I was born, beyond that, with cerebral palsy and spastic diplegia. That means I have a neurological disorder that affects my muscle tone and movement in my feet and legs. I have a lot of issues with muscle buildup, so my legs are weaker than most, and involuntary movements, so... If you're my classmate, for example, that go to my high school and see me in class kind of like struggling with moving around and stuff, that you know that's it. So it's been definitely an interesting journey when it comes to those types of things. But the reason why I mentioned where I grow up is because as a physically disabled person, the one thing that I didn't really get exposed to a lot within, a, within my really tight-knit community is a disabled community. And... Uh, when it comes down to not having a disabled community, when it comes down to being surrounded literally by able-bodied people your whole life, it's a little stressful. It's not stressful, it's a lot stressful because you're dealing with ableism. You're dealing with all of these types of things alone, or at least you feel like it's alone. And so I wanted to create a support network for students like me 
who don't have access to a disabled community to A, not only bring awareness to a disabled community and have people know it exists, but number two, to bring a support network together so we can uplift and empower those voices that not a lot of people know about. Because when you have support of a society that, yeah, when you have a support of a society that thinks you're valid, unlike some disabled communities, then you have a greater, I guess, amount of things you can achieve because people can tolerate you in some respect. It's just interesting to me how sometimes, like, I need the allyship, but because the disabled voices are not enough, and I'll totally get into that later, but it's just, like, anyways, I won't even get into it. It's a long story, but... That's kind of how Mission for Mobility started because I was like, hey, I want to create a disabled community within my community. But I realized over time that it's not just my community that deals with this. It's all around me. And so through Mission for Mobility, the part of the reason why it's a nonprofit rather than like, for example, the school club at my um, high school is because disability expands on such a farther level. And so that's also really what I want to do with the podcast. I want to not only bring these types of ideas and community to um, an international platform like um, our podcast streaming services, but also to get more vulnerable about disability to make sure it gets recognized in a coherent, better way. That's a little bit about the history of the real chair and mission for mobility okay so i talked about exactly like what an invalidation of a disabled voice feels like or what it kind of consists of and so with that i really want to jump into the three transformative experiences that have really impacted me through this i really want to bring awareness to types of issues disabled people face You know, when planning this episode today, I had a lot of issues in figuring out and synthesizing three examples that would work. And so, this one is actually called, like, accumulation of multiple examples of multiple occasions. So, I don't really know how to describe this other than blatant ignorance. It's not ignorance, it's more just, like, lack of awareness. No, look, before I even get into this... I understand that a lot of people aren't aware of disability issues, part of the reason why I'm doing this, but when it comes down to it, a lot of people don't understand rather than be aware, like they they can be aware of it, they just don't like care to dive deeper. So without further ado, let's get into this first story because it's a doozy. So uh, I, you know that one friend you always go to theme parks with? Well, this story kind of takes place in a theme park and it involves me and my one friend. And so, throughout the summer, we visited Orlando, Florida. And without saying the... What's the word? Without saying the theme park name, I'm gonna kind of put them on blast. But they have this thing called Accessibility Pass, or I forget the exact words. And essentially, it's like a fast pass because the queue lines are a little inaccessible when it comes down to sensory input, as well as like physical spaces so i'm over there with my knee scooter and that's going to be really important and i go up to the guest services and i'm like hey can i get this pass they asked me two things number one do you have a legitimate disability 
and number two how like what limitations do you have within that situation alone that like 15 second interaction i felt very singled out because there were people surrounding me kind of looking at me like what the hell and i felt like the staff member didn't really understand me in that capacity i feel like people just think or just based off that rhetoric i felt like as if the staff member is kind of like not really trusting me to know my limitations and therefore they wouldn't give or i wouldn't have the right qualifications to get the pass i ended up getting the pass no worries but my friend and i just felt very embarrassed and upset with the situation because it's it just feels weird when you're singled out for something you can't control but yet again it's just it's that legitimacy that's annoying to me when it comes down to disability sometimes i can walk without a mobility device so i can walk without for example a cane or wheelchairs but for long distances i use a mobility device i use a knee scooter so the issue is is when i walk without a mobility device people think i'm faking my disability or my need for accommodations but when i use a mobility device people just assume i don't have a legitimate disability because i might be quote unquote injured or whatever and we'll get into that later as well it's just interesting because you need the validation of a cookie cutter definition for example of a disability or an ally sticking up for you because they're able-bodied and they should be trustworthy enough um because disabled people can't speak for themselves or whatever i feel like that's a whole issue in and of itself those types of societal expectations that a lot of disabled people have and this situation is only like 15 seconds long right but it expands so much farther than that that's the type of stuff we deal with a lot is the questioning because a disability for me a physical disability is seen as such a broad spectrum it's it's crazy it's it's a lot honestly it's like me explaining quantum physics to a toddler it's very deep and i actually don't know a lot about it not in the way that it discredits me but in a way that i'm still learning and trying to figure out myself as a teenager that way socially so yeah so as i continue on my day at this theme park um i run into so many people that are like oh honey daughter person remember when you had that issue with your ankle and then you got better and then other people are like oh i hope you get better (laughs) sorry that happened to you while i'm on a knee scooter yes i understand these scooters are meant for injuries but it still sucks that people assume that if i have a mobility device that i'm injured and i'm gonna get better magically that disability doesn't exist that possibility because it's such a tragedy could never possibly happen like (laughs) it's just interesting to see with those types of situations i always feel the need i always felt the need to justify my disability my parents do it sometimes too they're like oh she was born with this and it's just like my it's like a little ick like i don't like disclosing my medical information but if it makes people shut up it will like it's not like people are being mean to me about it it's just it sucks because people assume things about you you know like uh i'm asian 
if you couldn't tell by the last name. So when people assume, for example, I'm like Korean, but I'm not, um, but that's consistent, and they just assume, oh well, if you're Chinese, you'll become Korean eventually. Like that's kind of it's interesting because it's not the same thing, obviously, but. People are like, oh, you can't be disabled because you'll get better anyways. Or you can't be disabled because you don't have a wheelchair, but when you do have a wheelchair, or when you do have a device, you're faking it, or that's not legitimate enough. And it's... Anyways. Theme parks are weird. Interesting experiences I've had there. But I want to stay away from that. And tell you a funny story. Because this story is too good to be true. Seriously, I tell this story all the time because it's so ridiculous to the point I don't think people think it's real, but I promise you a thousand percent, literally my mom can attest to this, it is a thousand percent real. So, I love Asian food, like love Asian food, like right next to me I have, you know, I forget how to pronounce the uh, company name, but it's like Smoko, they have these really cute, I don't know why I'm like, giving them a little advertisement but they have these really cute asian food based lights and so one of them is on actually anyways that just shows my love for asian food i don't know how that relates to anything just thought that would be a fun fact but the king of all asian food supermarkets is h-mart and me being like a little 14 year old my brain absolutely exploded because like oh my god asian food so the first time I went to H Mart, I literally almost collapsed. I almost fainted. Not actually. I saw so many things I loved and grew up with, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's H Mart! Hallelujah!" Like H Mart is so cool. So I walk in. My mom is trying to go get sushi for my grandma, and I'm gonna go get snacks for myself because your girl's gotta get her priorities straight. So I walk in the snack aisle, and I see this grown ass dude, and this grown dude is maybe older like around the same age as my mom maybe younger who knows and so i'm walking with my little red super um supermarket cart and i'm like like i'm like inspecting uh, expecting all like the little prices and the snacks that they have and this man turns to me and he goes are you hurt i'm like girl what like are you talking to me and then i go oh no i'm not um i'm not yeah that's all i say and then he goes do you have a leg problem and i'm like oh no he did not just refer to me as a problem but or my disability is a problem that's a whole different story but i go oh yeah i was born with a walking disability and he was like oh oh my god a revelation hit this man and he was like oh well can i pray for you i'm like "Ooh, those are like the words that you never ask a disabled person i digress oh those words are traumatic but essentially i'm like all right i'm thinking to myself this man probably is gonna go back home it's a sun or it's a saturday he's probably gonna go to his religious thing on sunday because i'm assuming um it's on sunday yeah sunday and he's probably gonna sit down in his little like quiet or in his little booth and close his eyes 
put his hands together or whatever you do when you pray and sit there and be like hope this girl i found in the grocery store is okay it's just like you know what yeah you you go do that my bro i'll i'll catch you hopefully never and then he goes wait it's gonna take three seconds or 30 seconds or whatever and i'm like you know what whatever this man's probably gonna just close his eyes and do the exact same thing but standing in a random grocery store aisle so i'm like all right let's do it bro and she's like oh by the way like i prayed for my friend one time and she was healed i'm like all right you do you you do you no joke this man is like what's your name and i'm like oh my name is jada and he's like okay jada dear god heavenly father and he just goes on to explain how (laughs) i can't make this up that the devil in my legs should be eradicated and god needs to save and heal me because the devil in my leg is going to consume me for the rest of my life or whatever the hell that was an interesting five minutes i experienced like three years ago and I'm just sitting there like, yo, am I a spawn of a devil? That's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of lit. <laughs> like, if this man is making a whole big deal about me literally existing, that, that's pretty cool. Like, big ups, bro. Like, I don't, I honestly was so surprised and taken aback by the situation. And I was like, all right, man, nice, nice meeting you. But what made it worse was that there was these random people just watching this happen in the grocery store and they said nothing and like obviously they're not going to understand the full context but if you see a grown dude with a young child talking about god and getting rid of something in a leg like that would be concerning (laughs) let's be so for real right (laughs) but seriously um being told that part of my self-identity was literally part of the devil and i needed to like go die and get resurrected verbatim no joke um it, it was it was it was a great experience it was so so positive wow that's a transformative experience because i you know i was like people can't really think that right like People have gone to at least say it behind my back. Nope, this man full on was like, you suck, go go get help from God. Okay, first of all, as someone who is like semi-religious, I get it. But bro did a whole ser- like sermon in a H-Mart like store. And so every single time I go to an H-Mart, I'm like, Hey mom, remember the first time we went to H-Mart? I mean, the, the car goes silent. Like, we just bust out and laughed. And we're like, that man was so interesting. Anyways. Yeah, that's a lot to take in. It's an interesting story. It's really funny. I tell it all the time. Um, actually, if you're in debate with me, and because i do debate at my school you've probably heard that story a multitude of times so you're welcome that's a new spin on it <sighs> you know i was trying to think of what story to tell next um i have it in my notes but there's this one from when i was six and that one was extremely traumatic because it was the first time i literally 
felt ableism and I could understand it, but it was coming from a complete stranger. But I kind of want to skip around though and save my last experience to the end. I'm going to get rid of that third one. Because, you know, we got. I'm just going to move on to the kind of the submissions we got on Instagram because this next story kind of relates to it. Uh, our questions were all kind of similar, but I chose two of them because one of them I thought was really interesting and another one really relates to what I'm going to be talking about next. So, here we go. Our first question, drum roll please, is are your experiences different in school with a disability and if so, how? Academically, no. I am in mostly all AP classes and it's a fun experience. Um, Knock on wood for AP exams. Uh, Socially, it is a bit different just because I have to or actually hold on academically it is sometimes different because of my involuntary movements when they get to a really bad point um they do distract me a little bit with my like focusing on lecture but it's not too bad socially though uh finding a disabled community is a little bit harder but um i've done so through mission for mobility at my school which is really cool um Otherwise, when it comes down to school, school, like, everything else is fine. But when it comes down to, like, the high school experience, not just socially, but just being known or judged by other people is a really weird concept to me. Let's be so honest. So, I'm going to talk about experience in middle school because I think it sums it up perfectly. And I kind of hinted at this already. But being in middle school and being in high school, you get a lot of iffy judgment. And at my school, there's buildings with three stories. And we use an elevator for students with, let's just say, sports injuries. But for me, I get an elevator key because I can't, like, go up and up and up and then down and down and up and up. You know, like, stairs all the time. So, I have an elevator key. So, when I first started using my elevator key, I had it on this cute little lanyard. I was ready to go to school. I was very excited. But then, people were like, and I'm not going to say who, but I know these people by name. Like, people told me this anonymously. People said this behind my back, but I know who you are. (laughs) Obviously, I'm not going to dox you or anything, but... Anyways, I'll get into that later. But I've heard the whole baloney. Like people have said, my mom's work bribed the admin for getting me an elevator key and that I don't deserve it because I'm faking it and I could climb stairs fine and walk fine so I don't need an elevator key and it's just a whole can of worms. People aren't aware, right? And that's fine. I don't care if you're aware. I just care that you're kind and like can... at least ask questions before talking behind people's backs it's just i I guess my only thing when it comes down to those types of experiences and people invalidating my disability is that they really think they're all that with like their crutches because they sprained an ankle like it's interesting because disabled people especially for me like physically disabled people are more prone to like 
falling and harming themselves so why can't they have an elevator key but people don't know and like i can't change anything about it but it's just like dang you really gotta you really gotta tear other people down before educating yourself first like at least be friends with me at least be a regina george before you're gonna talk behind my back like damn i don't know you so i feel like people that have said this types of things aren't gonna be listening to this well for obvious reasons but if they ever get the message or if people somehow if this gets around somewhere and i'm thinking of three people off the top of my head maybe even four or five you probably know who you are and this isn't just a me thing this is for a lot of people that deal with the invalidation of disability i am honestly not mad i'm at the individual i'm mad at the system because the system does not educate and i can go on a whole tangent about systemic ableism but i don't know it's just a little weird just a little iffy for me but anyways that's the type of experiences i get at school and it doesn't stop like literally last year i had someone be like when are you gonna go get surgery to get yourself fixed like like school is interesting because other people are really really smart or really really dumb like they don't have that oh anyways just moral of the story is be kind in school be happy and be a positive influence on your community please i beg of you you know the one thing i'm going off on a tangent i do this all the time but um actually i'm gonna share it whatever i was recently in an interview and i got asked the question like how have you taken an initiative to um create change within your environment First of all, I love that question because I get to talk about my disability community thing that I kind of already talked about here. But the issue sometimes is when that environment is unwilling to change, how are you going to change it? Or how will you take action to make your changes aware? Or at least make some progress? That's the type of stuff I kind of struggle with when it comes down to disability. Even within the most progressive communities, I've heard so many interesting things and so it's not just ableism within other people like sometimes for me as a disabled person it is extremely hard some days and yeah i did hate my disability yeah i still kind of do hate it sometimes but it's what that guilt and what that feeling what you make of it is kind of like my little motivational spiel but i don't know like school and interactions with students have with that are able-bodied especially growing up without that kind of interaction uh, or like sports for example it's definitely been a culture shock and it's definitely been something i've been not interested in learning but just it's definitely something that's fueled a lot of my perspectives on disability and you know This next question is actually kind of taking away from the seriousness of the topic, but I love it in that capacity. Literally, this question was such a slay. Like, I can't even think of another word to describe it. It was literally a slay. This question is, if you could have anyone on your podcast, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Okay, there is an obvious answer. And there is an obvious answer, number one, like a legitimate one. And there is an obvious answer for number two of a joke one 
I'll start with the obvious. Or, no, I'll start with the joke one. Let's get lively. My, my joke one would be Helen Keller. If you know, actually, these debate people, my debate friends will know for sure what I'm talking about. Helen Keller, a lot of people are like, oh my god, she's such a slay. Like, she is so cool because she broke down all these barriers, but she believed in eugenics. But we're not going to talk about that. Dude, guys, if she were in my pot, or if she were in the podcast, Oh my god, number one, I would find out if Helen Keller is even real. And number two, I am so interested in the fact that she was a disability advocate, but yet believed in eugenics. Like, that is the most insane thing I've ever heard of. Let's be so for real. So eugenics, if you don't know what it is, it's basically the foundations of Nazi policies where people were like, we're going to restrict your population. So the genetics in like reproduction, for example, that are hereditary don't get passed on. What an interesting day for um, American society that was. That was interesting as hell. But I just, I like, how can internalized ableism get that bad? Like, it, okay, how? Well, duh, it exists, but it's just, it's mind-boggling. I want to know what's going on in her mind because we probably share really similar experiences when it comes to, like, internalized ableism. And, like, She's such a fascinating lady. But my serious one, my actual dream, um, before March, was to actually have her in some of my projects. Uh, Judy Human. She passed away, I believe, at the age of like 78, 75-ish uh, this past March. She was like the foundation for disability rights, and she is all around someone i look up to immensely like she was the reason i found the disabled community and inspired me to like be active in it and it's just i like i love judy human i think her work is amazing literally right after i finish filming this podcast i will be looking up her merchandise because i love her and i really want to buy her merch um i don't know why merch is relevant but i just think of the influence a disabled person can have and she is like the golden like beacon of hope for like my aspirations and she's literally the coolest person i think that ever has existed um and also some of the mission from lily's collaborators works with her or worked with her and i think that's insane like i'm technically indirectly it's a far stretch related uh my business to queen um human so that that's a thing that's cool you know the one thing i really want you guys to take away from this is that a disability is not only a spectrum it ranges from all sorts of aspects but it's part of someone's self-identity growing up with this disability is hard right growing up with it because you're told all your life that your self-identity should be hidden is a devil needed to be eradicated or it's just something that's like bad inherently it's tragic it's a tragedy and i would def i would not recommend growing up with a disability but it's made me the person who i am today it's made me more mature um than some classmates who assume things about it 
looking at you, elevator kids. But, you know, it's not just kids. It's not just adults. Seriously, like, all these situations can be cross-applied to all sorts of people. And also, I've literally faced er, international discrimination. Like, sometimes when I travel abroad or when I travel with my family, there was ableism, believe me. So, it's not that rare. But what is rare is people outwardly talking about it. What's rare is people being so candid about it because it's a taboo thing. So it's a complex thing growing up with a disability if i had to give you an answer but you know what's even more complex your brain if you don't subscribe to the real chair podcast we have officially reached the end of episode one but that does not mean your support ends here our episode two is something that you should really look forward to um we're gonna look at advice on allyship i have two special guests coming to you very soon i'm so so excited for it um these people i love very very much and so when it comes to that allyship we're gonna look at not only the personal uh perspectives on disability but what that means for a family and allies well we hope you enjoyed the very first episode of the real chair we're so 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 happy that you came up well you listened all this way and make sure to follow us on not only spotify but instagram and tiktok under at mission for mobility and on the real chair to not only stay updated with us but get more information or even get involved in our podcast episodes we are so excited for you to be here we are so excited for you to get real stay real and be real thank you so much and see you soon